All right, let's do it. Welcome to Medical Diagnosis Center. This is your leading podcast for biological information and uh, related topics about health, cutting-edge medicine, therapeutics, shedding viral molecules, hydroxychloroquine, cutting-edge technologies for the benefit of all who suffer from the ravages of disease and disorder. I'm your host, Dr. David Reese, medical doctor, uh, Penn University, specializing in um, gastroendocrinology with this focus on epidemiology. And I'm joined by my colleagues here at the center, uh, Dr. Starley Kine. Hello, Dr. Kine. What a missed opportunity for Starley Quinn. Hi. Oh, Dr. Quinn. Dr. Starley Quinn, medicine woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, How are you, Dr. Quinn? Uh, Busy. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, we also have here to speak with you today, Dr. Long John Silver, Dr. Silver, one of the nation's leading experts in medicine and disease and cutting edge uh, doctor practices. Hello, Dr. Silver. Uh, Thanks, David. Good morning to you. Good morning, Starley. Good morning. Dr. Silver. Is it true that an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Uh, (laughs) Do you think uh, Trump has ever eaten just a whole apple? You know how people used to eat apples all the time? In the 80s, people were crazy for just eating apples. Yeah, that is a crazy visual. I could not see him picking up an apple. This is an unusual episode. I know that we're hitting you with a lot of um, zigs and zags out there in podcast listening land. We apologize for that, but it's just the circumstances in which we find ourselves demand that we disrupt our own podcast schedule. Um, So we're actually recording this on a Sunday. The president's medical team just addressed everyone in front of Walter Reed Medical Center. Everything is going great. And uh, no further questions at this time, I suppose. And I don't have, definitely don't have any questions about what the fuck is going on. All my questions completely answered, 100% satisfaction, no mysteries left, no ambiguities left. I have a completely accurate picture of the state of the president's health and the health of the entire White House. So I have to say, in the words of Janis Joplin, it's all love 420. John and Starley, how are you making out this weekend? I, I'm going through a withdrawal from the constant news updates. Saturday, I woke up feeling um, like I was fiending for more news that was being delivered. And in that way, I think I do represent the average American, but it doesn't feel healthy needing as many twists and turns as I crave at the moment. I have never slept better than I have this weekend. (laughs) It's so interesting. That's the last thing I would have thought. I would have thought that I would look at you on Zoom today and you would look like a husk because usually if there's breaking news, it disrupts your sleep because you start doing your intel dives on Twitter and predict it. And now, all of a sudden, you're like, I'm having the best sleep of my life. Explain that to us, John. We're curious. Well, I, I yes, it's hard to know uh, what exactly it is. But yeah, I have slept well. And, and I, the truth is, I have been following all that stuff on Twitter. Is it peace of mind? You're feeling like this is a positive development in the sense of it helping the Democrats win the presidency, and that's making you feel less anxiety? Maybe that's it. Yeah, I think that that might be it. And there is something just calming, detached from Trump himself and his health. There's something calming about what everything they were doing was in the face of this virus. And so now they caught the thing that they were not being safe around. Like facts lined up finally. It kind of feels like a cord has resolved. And there was this dissonance that we were all living with. For so many of us, there's the the political agony of, I can't believe they're getting away with this and their supporters won't wear masks. There's the moral agony of 200,000 people have died because of these these craven nihilists, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's the personal resentment and umbrage of like, why am I wearing a mask and the president isn't wearing a mask? He's famous. Like he should, he's the one who should wear a mask. Why do I have to wear a mask every time I go to Trader Joe's to buy right. my drugs to make it through another week of this 
horrible existence we're all living. So we've all been living with this kind of unresolved, you know, itchy type of feeling. And then thanks to the super spreader event at the White House, I mean, whatever, it sucks for anybody to have this thing, but it does kind of feel like an exhale, like, oh, the universe does make sense and does proceed according to a certain perverse logic. Yeah. You might call it karma. You might call it just desserts. You might you call, might it, call it science. Ca- you might, you call might literally it science. call it science where they said if you're if you don't wear a mask and you're hugging people, you are going to get this incredibly contagious virus. Yeah, these pigeons came home to roost and they were all wearing lab coats and stethoscopes and had microscopes. And they're like, we told you, idiots. <laughs> so maybe that's why John is sleeping better. Yes, I think that is it. My sleep has been fine as well, but I've been trying to go to sleep as late as possible because I still I'm enjoying being awake so much more the last few days. Than but I have maybe been. what you should do is switch so that you wake up as early as possible. I don't like that. Oh, okay. Because you could wake up on all this stuff is happening on the East Coast, Starly. You and I are so removed from our president right now. We're on the other side of the continent when he needs our prayers more than ever and he needs our support. I wish I could go and hang out in front of Walter Reed Hospital with Gavin McGinnis and all the Proud Boys and all the other wonderful patriots who are just love bombing him with best wishes for his continued good health which is definitely going to continue because it sounds like he's doing pretty well right now. Um, if you read between the lines of what these doctors are saying, like what is John, what is happening? All right. So here's what we know. Now we know the president is hospitalized at Walter Reed medical center. His condition is, is not exactly known due to conflicting reports from his medical team and from unnamed sources. But somebody on Earth does know, correct? Somebody on Earth does know. Yes, yeah, somebody on Earth knows. Okay. But we, the American public, do not know because we're getting conflicting reports from unnamed sources, which it, it turns out that it was probably um, the White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, who came out and said that he was actually in dire straits on Friday, uh, that his, ex- his, his oxygen had dropped fairly Low, and that's what uh, caused them to to be so alarmed and caused others to be more at ease. Definitely not on oxygen. These dudes are lions. I've never heard doctors lie harder about oxygen. Today they were like, was he on oxygen the other day? And Coney, Dr. Coney, the lead doctor. Conley. Conley was like, I don't know. I'd have to go check with the nurses. Oh, do you have patients right now who are more important <laughs> than President Trump? Do you have other patients like, yeah, I forgot to check on that one. It's kind of like, a kind of <laughs> come on. You don't have to get a fake doctor's name right. No, that's true. He's in over his head. I mean, that guy is that guy is like, he, he sees Jared Kushner and he gets jealous. He wants to be the new bright, shiny boy. Yeah. Well, they say there's something called VIP treatment phenomenon that doctors get when they're, oh. they're treating celebrities or people with power and that sometimes they can be influenced by these people, generally to the detriment of the people that they are treating. It's an actual psychological phenomenon. Maybe Trump- offered him a shiny apple, and now he's under his sway. Yeah. As the fairy tale goes. Mm, the Grimm brothers, major, major content creators in the fairy tale space. So they say that he's he may be released by Monday. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. But maybe, I mean, maybe he'll insist and they'll, and they'll, you know. Have to fly him back over there again. Yeah. I've heard so many people describe this dumbass medical suite. I've been watching cable news and they're like, the presidential suite at Walter Reed Hospital is like nicer than most office buildings. It even has a chandelier. There's a big desk where the president can stay busy and get work done. I was making coffee this morning. I had Amarosa on on cable news describing this presidential suite at Walter Reed and how she once twisted her ankle and got to go visit or something. I was like, where's the grownups? Where are the grownups? Yeah. I mean, I do wish I could have spent the pandemic in that room. It seems spacious. Do you think... Someone has informed him of this new Wall Street Journal NBC News poll that shows Biden up 14 points. Uh, If they covered it on Fox, then he would have seen it otherwise now. Is that a meaningful poll? This is a post-debate, I think pre-COVID hospitalization poll. Could be meaningful, but it could just be non-response bias that the Republicans are just depressed and not answering the phone. So we'll need to see more than just this poll. I can't believe there's a there's a month left. It's a month left. As of now, Pence is going to be taking over the campaigning. He's going to do it in person. Has Biden said he's officially resuming campaigning as well? 
I thought Biden was just pulling negative ads, quote unquote negative ads. Yeah. Which even that is stupid because it's not like he was whatever. Biden wants to be everybody's friend. Biden making the announcement that they're pulling negative ads is just free publicity that they can coast on and save a little money for now. Yeah. They're still going to have there's still going to be super PACs running negative ads. They're going to go hard right now, despite what they say. Wait, so four corners is over. Four corners is over. And now we're going to run up the score. Well, again, you know, four corners, people think of it as is stalling, but it is it's it, it is an offensive um, technique. So, yeah, they're going to try to run it up. Backdoor cuts. Backdoor cuts day in, day out. God, what a long weekend. What a long life. <laughs> we've lived a lifetime and we've laughed and loved a lifetime in 2020. And that was just a lifetime's worth of love and laughter in one single year. How blessed are we? <sighs> I'm still energized by it. I know you, you're loving it. I'm so worn out. Starly, are you playing on Predict It right now? Are you doing any of that? I, I'm betting a little bit. I, I check in, I buy some shares in the presidential market. Like today I bought some more 62 cents. No, for Trump. I know I'm supposed to be, I feel like I'm supposed to be more patient, but I don't want to be. So yeah, then, It's hard. It's hard. That fear of missing out on, on predicted is hard. It's not even fully fear of missing out. It's just, it's just, um, I think I just need something to do with the energy. I feel that when Trump, if Trump gets out of the hospital this week, I know you guys said there's no way for him to spin this as a positive. It does feel to me that it's possible that all the people who don't believe that COVID was serious enough to shut everything down and to cost them the things that it cost them are going to be like, yeah, he just had the sniffles for a few days. This is what exactly, this is our point. And I feel like his stock could go up unpredicted. So that's why I feel like I'm supposed to be waiting because it's going to get cheaper once he's out. It was interesting in that poll from the NBC and the Wall Street Journal, it showed that the percentage of Republicans that were now concerned about COVID had jumped 18 points on the news oh. that Trump had now gotten in. So that's good news. I mean, yeah. it's good news to have a bigger chunk of the country taking it more seriously. It only took the president of the United States getting sick to do it. But, I mean, maybe that's the only way you can reach people. Will they stay reached, though, if he comes out and is like, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't that big a deal. I've had, I've had worse flu. I mean, it's not a big surprise. If he comes out and, and, and he's well, it's like, okay, yeah, he beat it. He beat it like 95% of people his age. He was hospitalized. But they'll say, yeah, the 5%, we can live with that. Th that's been the argument the whole time. I just worry that it's, we just needed to help. We needed to never stop helping us until the election happens. Yeah, I don't see how this helps Trump in any way. Yeah. The thing I wanted to talk about was the elephant in the room, the news that broke on Friday night that John was convinced was the cancellation of the blue wave, which is that our man, Democratic Senate candidate in North Carolina, Cal Cunningham, some salacious texts came out with a woman that's not his wife. This broke on Friday night and John texted us and said, this is very bad. This might cost us the Senate. This race is so close. No room for error. And I'm not, listen, I'm not justifying what Cal Cunningham did, this dope. Infidelity is lame. But John, <laughs> make the case that this affects anything right now. I mean, it, does, it doesn't help. This is not going to increase Cal Cunningham's odds of winning. I think this race is closer than the polling shows. God, I hope I'm wrong. So if this causes 10, 20,000 people to stay at home or not pull a lever for him, then yeah, it could cost him the race. I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it does it it it's not helpful and it and it worries me and it god it just makes me sick. What is it about North Carolina US senators? John Edwards. Infidelity. Massive John Edwards flashbacks. I know. But I do think we should keep it a little bit in perspective too. I don't know. Like even the term salacious, I'm not even sure I can get on board with that word. If you're going just by the text, it seems he met a woman outside of his marriage. I guess things, yeah, I guess he had an affair with this woman. We don't know. But the texts were It could just be all talk, yeah. I, I, I do think we're pretty puritanical in this country, and um, people shouldn't hurt people that they're married to, but I think we, we pile a lot of things in the same category. This, uh, no, truly, 
And when I heard about it, oh, text with a woman and affair, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. These texts, when can I see you? I want to kiss you. The reply is, and I kiss back a lot. I mean, it It would make my day to roll over and kiss you about now. Oh, you're so sweet. I would enjoy that. Are you doing okay? I mean, when I finally read these texts, they were so wholesome. I thought maybe that was the kink. You know, whenever whenever there's news stories about text, you think you're going to read some filthy stuff like, oh, I can't wait to get you and do this and that. And you're going to call me this and I'm going to call you that. And you need to send me another photo of your filthy feet after you walk around in the dirt. I love it. I'm Godzilla. And you're just a pile of old boots. What? These texts are so... This is like what a seven-year-old would text. These are like the candy hearts you would hand out on Valentine's Day (laughs) with the little messages. Make my day to roll over and kiss you right about now. It's so wholesome. I worry that like maybe this is like the kinkiest thing ever and they're doing like wholesome play or something. Yes. (laughs) What if there's more though? That's the worry. Because if you have this stuff, you want to slow roll it and put bits and pieces of it out at, at a time. But even if it's dirtier, it's still just an affair. Yeah. We don't have time for this right now. Yeah. We don't have time for this right now. It's like, who <laughs> who showed up with a Jane Austen novel? We're living Cormac McCarthy right now. We don't have time for this. Emma shit or whatever. I don't remember which who wrote Emma, but it's like, this is just so... <laughs> he just did not step up. It's a historical moment with this scandal, Cal Cunningham. Broaden your horizons. Do something bigger. Like the president of the United States is in the fucking hospital and had a super spreader event because they're trying to (laughs) ram through a Supreme Court justice to take away everybody's health care in the middle of a pandemic. If Cal Cunningham can't turn around and make that case to put his own thing in perspective, then maybe he does deserve to lose because this is just like, yeah, it's like in the (laughs) he's not feeling like a leader to me. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned that Tom Tillis has coronavirus. Oh, and Tom Tillis has COVID. I totally forgot about that. I forgot that wasn't even the only news from this Senate race this weekend is Tom Tillis tested positive for coronavirus. I mean, it was perfect timing to have it released, uh, you know, in that news cycle. It could potentially just be buried. Yeah, I don't think many people are thinking about this incredible bombshell in the Cal Cunningham campaign. I hope you guys are right. I mean, I agree. I agree with you, John, that it doesn't help him and anything that doesn't help him is bad. I would also note that I am now taking a big loss on which party will win the NC Senate race on Predicted. So according to the top traders on Predicted, I guess this is helping Tom Tillis because now he is up. It's a now 60 to 41 race. Cal Cunningham has tumbled from his high of 65 Uh, Or no, that wasn't as high, but that's what I paid months ago. So, I mean, he biffed it. Like, he did biff it. So is it a good buying opportunity right now? Mm. I would say yes. Cunningham at 60, I still think he's going to win this race. I always get queasy when you say this race is tighter than it looks. Because when I go to Real Clear Politics, Cunningham has been leading in every poll for well over a month. And it feels like a totally insurmountable lead for Cunningham over Tillis. So I don't know where you get this this feeling that this race is tighter than than it looks. Uh, the North Carolina, will a Democrat or a Republican win the presidential race in North Carolina? The Democrat stock seems to be going up. Yeah. And in Florida and in Ohio and pretty much everywhere. Come on, North Carolina. North Carolina, you stand at the edge of history. We cannot let these filthy, foul, salacious, incredibly erotic and titillating texts blur our vision. North Carolina, you can be the crux upon which everything changes. I mean, there might be free beer in the water fountains if North Carolina does the right thing. Their RCP average right now, John, is Cunningham plus six. If, if, so if the text could potentially hurt Cal Cunningham, does Tom Tillis having COVID hurt him? Or like, is it a neutral thing for Tom Tillis to have COVID other than him maybe dying from it? In a just world... Tom Tillis having COVID would be read and interpreted the same way as the extreme reading and interpretation of Cal Cunningham's texts, which is to Mm -hmm. say it denotes a personal failing, a huge lack of judgment and character. Right. Now, the thing about disease is, unless it's a gay disease or something, disease just kind of happens to you and it's not really your fault. 
and certainly the White House and the Republican Party are going to try to make that the case with this COVID stuff. Please pray for these people. They Somehow they lightning struck and they all got COVID. It's so random. But obviously Tom Tillis deciding to go to that damn event with no mask and no social distancing and traipsing around and gallivanting and glad handing and backslapping is a, is a total mark against his character. Mm-hmm. The way Tom Tillis hugged those other senators is akin to the way Cal Cunningham went, is kissing and rolling around with his, his woman. Tom Tillis is like, sure would like to wake up, roll over and kiss you right about now. (laughs) It's kissing versus hugging. Kissing is better than hugging. Hugging is bad stuff. Never hug, only kiss. Yeah. It was so strange to see everyone at that event hugging. That's what I don't understand. Do they really, (laughs) truly not believe in COVID? Like, truly. I think, I mean, unless they really, they thought that they all had been tested. They still just don't understand how it works. Like, they really, truly just don't understand. If you spend that much time refuting the facts, I think you start to internalize it. I think in order for them to be able to be such convincing liars, they have to believe the lie that deeply. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. It is. I mean, I understand the stuff like we remember Richard Burr, our old friend from from the North Carolina Senate, you know, talking out of both sides of his mouth when it came to COVID. Even Trump in the in the Woodward tapes being like, yeah, it's actually kind of a shitty disease that travels through the air. We have a pretty good handle on it. And then turning around, hoax, hoax, bullshit, masks are weak. We're used to this idea that they know what's going on. But with this white with the White House event, the super spreader event, it's like, oh wait, maybe they just are completely ignorant about this disease. Yeah. Because they should know at the very least a negative test doesn't mean Exactly. You don't like Yeah. I mean, we haven't we haven't hugged our friends in seven months. No. And we've yeah. been really careful. Yeah. I think they just couldn't resist hugging each other. They I mean, the love. They must love each other so much. And they're so happy about this Supreme Court nomination. They couldn't keep their hands off each other. It's like being at Coachella, you know, and everything's peaking right at the right moment. It's like, I got to touch and rub all Bill. I got to rub Bill Barr's cheek right now. I'm peaking right now. And I know it's risky. It's like a bathhouse in the 80s. Like, I know this is bad, but I just need it. It's Bill Barr. How can I not get all up in his face? Then Kelly Conway goes home and fucking has COVID, walking around the house, coughing everywhere. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. So is it over? Is it over now? The election? No, not the election. I uh, Well, I think the election's probably over. But I'm talking about the news of the super spreader event. We, this is a whole new day, and we haven't heard anything new. Mm. Yesterday, we got Chris Christie. We got a bunch of new people named. Chris Christie went to the hospital. He could, he's in trouble. He's high risk. Yeah, he's gaining. I don't know. Have they all been tested? Like Lindsey Graham is going to be doing the debate and they're they're protecting the Democratic senator that he's debating. Jamie Harrison behind showed up Plexi with his own glass. plexiglass <laughs> fortress. He brought like a pillow fort to that shit. He's like, I'm not taking any chances with you. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> no, so, you know, Grassley, Chuck Grassley, the Iowa senator has come out and said that he he will not be tested. Yeah, because he has no symptoms. Again, 50% of the people have no symptoms. They still still have no idea. Do you think they have no idea? Or they're just saying, just the way Trump did before, where he's like, our numbers won't go up if you don't do tests. Are they just saying they're counting on not getting symptoms? So then if if they don't get tested, they don't have to show say they were positive. But again, the way it works is you can have it and it can be just ravaging your insides. And all of a sudden, you have a situation where you can't breathe. And this is what the doctors said at the beginning and people show up at the hospital and the doctors look at their lungs and are like, why didn't you come in sooner? And then the people were like, I felt fine. And then all of a sudden tonight I couldn't breathe. So that's why it's important for Chuck Grassley to get tested is that it could be doing all this damage that he's not aware of. I think they're willing to take the risk. Devotion. That's real devotion. Mm -hmm. I think the way this story extends is all this shit broke over the weekend and tomorrow morning, Monday morning, a lot of people are supposed to show up for work at the White House. And I wonder if the tale of the story now is the just regular people who work at the White House deciding whether or not they're going to go to the White House or if some of them get sick. If there's a story that like, yeah, some people in the kitchen all got sick. It's a super spreader event. It doesn't that doesn't mean that it only spreads to people who are super and famous <laughs> and high profile. That means it spreads all over the place, including mm-hmm. people who are not newsworthy in and of themselves, but if there's a lot of them and they all get sick, I mean they there are all these reports about the secret service being like 
this fucking guy. I'm out here <laughs> risking my life for this slob, and he's exposing yeah. me to COVID, and he knew he had it for days and days and didn't tell anybody? I mean, they should all just sue him for reckless endangerment. That's the bigger story, is the fact that they had it, and they tried to cover it up, and they didn't tell anyone. They didn't tell the Biden campaign. Oh, my God, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's so reckless and gross. But it, it matches what we always knew about them, and I think that, again, contributes to the sense of calm. That's why John yeah. is sleeping like a baby right now. Yeah, exactly. John is – if Trump had come out and said, I just want to let everybody know that I took a COVID test, I'm asymptomatic, and I'm waiting on the results, but for an abundance of caution, I'm just going to shut down for a couple of days. I wish everybody the best. John Kimball would be so freaked out, he wouldn't be able to sleep a wink because that would be <laughs> yeah. so out of character for Trump. He'd be yeah. texting us all night like, right. something doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> What's going to happen? 6 a.m. screenshot. Look, look what time it is. 7 a.m. screenshot. Something's not right. But the fact that he came out and was basically like, yeah, I'm a huge piece of shit. John's like, ah, oh, Betty, bye. I can finally sleep. The world is at peace. God's in his heaven. All is right in the world. Yeah. Can you imagine what the Twitter markets would be doing if Predicted still had oh them? Oh, my God. I mean, it would be madness. He I mean, he went 13 hours without a single tweet. It would crash the Twitter markets like, he, like him having COVID crashed the global economy. Those are equal in my mind, the global economy and the tweet markets. Why do you think he isn't tweeting? Because he's sick as fuck. He's so fucking sick. But we saw we saw him. We don't know when that was filmed, but we did see him. And if he can do that, doesn't he seem well enough to tweet? Yeah, it seems like he would be well enough to be able to knock out a few tweets. Then yeah. why isn't Based he on tweeting that like, I'm loving life, everything's great? I don't know. That's- because I think he's scared. I think he's scared. Scared of? Death? of getting sicker or dying. Tweet through it, bro. Tweet through it. That's the first law of Twitter. Okay. Tweet through it. Here, Here's the thing. When Herman Cain, it was announced that he had COVID, I immediately did not say anything because I was like, he could die. He really could. Mm-hmm. And watching his Twitter account, they continued to tweet through it. And then at some point, they stopped tweeting. <laughs> it went like six days so without dark. a tweet. And that was the giveaway that it was not good. Yeah. So this is the same type of thing. What about when he kept tweeting after he died? Was What was that a giveaway for? <laughs> I don't know. Just a great social media team. That's very strange. Very tasteful and very normal. Okay, so here's the thing. Let's say I was worried that I was going to die. You wouldn't want to just be out there shit posting. On Twitter, because, you know, when you die, people automatically go to your last tweet and they're like, R.I.P. And you don't want your last tweet to be something stupid. It's like wearing clean underwear. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So you need to start cleaning it up, just tidying up the timeline. Mm. So he he shot that video where he was like, I'm good. In his mind, he was thinking, this might be the last thing. Wow. That's on my Twitter account. Wow. I'm getting this- now I feel sick thinking about my what my last tweet would be. I hope it would be a link to patreon.com slash election profit makers so that our patrons would con- <laughs> continue to support us in our absence. Perhaps my last tweet would be bit.ly slash EPM t-shirt or one of John's more esoteric bit.ly links. EPM fashion. Yeah, EPM fashion. One of these inscrutable links John made on bit.ly to promote our t-shirts and merchandise and scholars would study it for centuries like the Rosetta Stone trying to work out its runic mysteries. They would think I was so much more interesting than I actually am. The dirty secret of my life is like, I'm just a guy who's lucky enough to have an interesting friend and I just coast on his interestingness. But hopefully if I dump enough bit.ly links in my dying moments on Twitter, they'll be like, he was a scholar very ahead of his time using URL shortening services, a means of communicating his own desires. This is very, he was a very advanced humanoid. You were. Remember, you had the service URL. URL shortening service for Twitter.com. A little business I ran for a little while. Yeah. Does it still work? No. Oh, man. It was great. You could get a, yeah, a shortened link, which was... URL shortening service for twitter.com slash whatever. Right. And it was re- pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that w- that was your handle when you first got on Twitter. Let's get short. Oh my God, you're right. Wow. <sighs> Old Twitter wait, identity. Wait, were you like the first one to come up with a tiny URL idea? No, it was a joke on tiny URL services. Uh-huh. The joke yeah, was he that- was the first yeah. one to come up with the- tiny URL. Uh, Let's say that I was one of the first people to make an ironic URL shortening service for Twitter. (laughs) I think you were the only. 
Let that be the lead sentence in my obituary now that we're all analyzing our own deaths. It was brilliant. Can I do some bands? Yeah, I think the people are crying out for them. I know. And I have to say the news cycle, it is so hard. (laughs) There's so much going on that at some moments we all forget there is still a raging war on these shores. The 2020 EPM band wars. The bands have not stopped coming. I'm so far behind on these bands. I will get to all the bands. We will probably do a standalone, band-alone episode of nothing but bands. But I just did want to... And, um, it's important to keep traditions alive during disruptive events, and it's important to keep some sort of consistency and coherence to our day-to-day life so that we don't feel completely at sea. Especially now that Trump's not tweeting every day. We've already lost that consistency. Right. Our North Star. So I <laughs> thought I would start this week's installment of the Ban War recap with a couple bands from people who actually have some issues with our takes. Heather Brown wrote in and made a donation and said, can I put a ban in for David's thoughts about bass players? I think bass players are way rad. Now, I don't know. Can you ban a human thought? <laughs> this ban war, I will say, this is a classic escalation of a conflict. Initially, this ban war applied to banning listeners from listening to this podcast. Now people are banning like Mitch McConnell and banning like all these political people. And now someone's trying to ban my thoughts. This is cancel culture run amok. I mean, this is what we're all afraid of. Can I ban David's thoughts on bass players? I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, doesn't Elon Musk have a, a company called Neuralink or something where they're getting into the brain and zapping certain thoughts? Is that what this is then? Maybe. Elon, I'll see you on Mars, motherfucker. We'll, we'll have a p- good old-fashioned Martian punch out. Okay, Heather Brown, here's what we're going to say. For one week, you can ban my thoughts. I'm, I don't want to – it makes me a little uncomfortable for to start banning thoughts because what if somebody says, I want to ban people from thinking about the fact that they've been banned because then we'll have this mm. paradox where they don't know they've been banned and they act yeah. as if they are unbanned and I feel like we're just going to have some type Can't of have that. weird collapse like with set theory, the set of all sets that are not a member of that set and then your head explodes. You realize it's all a dream or whatever. Can't have that. So for one week, you can ban my thoughts on bass players. Now, John, this next one. Zoe wrote in, I'm sick and tired of yelling at my phone after another one of John's terrible neo-lib takes. <laughs> Swearing at my phone and vowing never to listen to EPM again and then immediately reneging on that promise when I see a new episode in my feed. Just fucking ban me, please, so I don't have to keep getting mad at John. And then she made a donation. She banned herself because, John, you're such a neolib. <laughs> Oh, John, how do you defend these charges? How do you defend these charges? How can I be a neolib if I'm 100% ACAP? That's so neolib, though. Is it? I think so. I think it's canceled out by you supporting Biden. All right. Listen, the story's not done. The story doesn't end there. Then the next week, Zoe wrote back. She said, oh, also now I just finished the episode and found out that poll workers are entitled to a ban. And despite the fact that I don't believe in electoral politics as a mechanism for change, and I'm doing it for entirely selfish... I know, listen, Zoe, we're going to have a fraught relationship with Zoe. And I'm doing it for entirely selfish reasons. I am going to volunteer this election. And she did submit her receipt of signing up to work the polls. And she says, it's my second ban. I want to ban John just so that I can get that sweet bounce back ban. Zoe, you're, I'm sorry. If you think that electoral politics is a dead end, your ban strategy is a double dead end. Like you're in the ditch right now. I mean, it's not a, it's, it's not everything, but it is something. Electoral politics is part of the equation. Yeah. And I'd like her to formally submit her plan for how, to, what's better than it in the moment. Oh, it's probably going to lead to a pretty short email from Zoe. Uh, okay. I'm going to say this, Zoe. Thank you for signing up to be a poll worker. <laughs> Thank you for challenging us on John's neo-lib bias. Thanks, Zoe. Uh, you are banned. John is not banned because last week somebody donated like $700 to protect John. Wow. Look at that perk. Look how much you perked up at that. Oh, I haven't even told you about all that stuff. Yeah, there's so many bans to get to. Ben Silver writes, I'm banning the two people I know who've listened to election profit makers from the beginning with me. Classic. Adam Paul and Tom Ouellette. He says, if they want to unban themselves, then they should make their own donations. 
Even if it means that I have to accept a ban from them in return, it'll be worth it. Those guys are banned. Stanley K, who, speak of the devil, I can't think about him because he's a bass player. I mean, we're getting so many people self-identifying as bass players, all because I said one Metallica album with no bass on it sounded incredible. I have no beef with bass players. Some of my favorite musicians are bass players. Anyway, Stanley K says, I was banned from listening to your podcast in season one. I forgot about that. And I've abided to Kid Midas's degree. But the recent transition to colder weather has reminded me that banning season has probably begun, <laughs> which is why I'm writing to you today. So this guy is so smart. He hasn't listened to the podcast because he was banned four years ago, but he knows when those leaves turn. He's like, ah, yes, there's something in the air, the autumnal electricity of the banning season. He made a donation to Vote Latino. Thank you, Stanley. So Stanley says, I request that you ban all negative Skyline reviews. See, again, it's getting too fucking abstract. Mm -hmm. Stanley says ban all negative Skyline reviews of Seattle. Have we given Seattle a, a negative Skyline review? He says the city has undergone a lot of unwanted development recently, but I think it's unique and eclectic architecture in conjunction with the Puget Sound and Mount Rainier in the backdrop make it a worthy entry in the pantheon of great skylines. NSS. And I don't want to hear anybody else say otherwise. This is cancel culture run amok. This is getting into like pitches or something. They're programming the podcast for us now. Yes. They're co-hosts now. They well, are now doing I segments. Know, but we have no choice but to submit because we have to raise money for these voting rights orgs. I mean, I guess they're taking over the podcast in a way. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a pod hack. We thought the band wars would be a success when we ended the election season with zero listeners, but instead it's going to be a podcast with 12,000 co-hosts. It's going to be like <laughs> no, no one is listening and everyone is hosting, right? Oh. <laughs> Beth M., I'm extremely grateful for to my boss, Abraham, for introducing me to EPM. However, I just learned that he has been listening to recent episodes by skipping over the ban war segments. So I must request that Abraham L. is banned from listening to EPM. Now, this one I agree with. This is a listener ban. It's related to the actual ban war. And Abraham skipping the ban war in a sick way means he won't know he's been banned. So, Beth, you have to tell your boss... You go, well, you walk into his little office or his little cubicle or wherever he is, his little guardhouse, and you say, Boss, you're banned. The head boss, Kid Midas, decrees it thus. Was he skipping over because he was afraid he'd be banned? No, some he's people afraid don't of, like the ban it like wars because it's not is it what, about Trump and blah, 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 neolibs. No, I feel like they're afraid the same way Republicans avoid getting tested. Oh, it's the uh, monkeys covering their ears and they, they want to remain mm -hmm. ignorant because they don't want to be, they're like, more testing leads to more bans. I don't want to know. <laughs> like, just, I, I'm not even going to think about it. Oh, my God. Some people are going to wake up and find themselves in the hospital and they'll be like, you've been banned for three weeks. Why didn't you check in earlier? They'll be like, I thought I was fine. Oh, boy. <laughs> Maya S., thank you for your important work on the ban wars. See, she likes the ban wars. I banned Caleb with a K, a Nevada Republican who told me to go to hell. Nevada. Well, I... <sighs> Wow. Why can't I just say the words the way I want to say them like Nevada and Oregon? I think it's so pleasant upon mine ears. Maya says, ban Caleb with a K, a Nevada Republican who told me to go to hell when I was dialing for Dems. So uh, the odds are Caleb doesn't listen to our podcast. The latest um, marketing stuff says we don't have a lot of Republican listeners in Nevada. But <laughs> Caleb, if you are listening, you're banned. And don't be rude. Don't tell someone to go to hell on the phone. That's awful. Yeah, we do have some Republican listeners. I'm sure we do. Really? Yeah, they are in my DMs and my mentions. Oh, my God. Often. They're DMing you like, I would love to turn over right now and wake up beside you in bed. Whatever that pervert Cal Cunningham said. Do they embrace you? No, no. They're absolutely convinced that we are fools. And we will be shown up on election night. I mean, it's happened before. <laughs> Aaron A. says, this is the second ban request I'm sending along. This is an organization that pays the poll taxes slash fines of felons who had their voting rights restored in Florida, but are still stripped of the vote because of lingering fees. We all know the story in Florida, and most famously, Mike Bloomberg apparently is paying some of these fees, but so is Aaron. And Aaron says, if Beckett is currently banned, I'd like to restore his listening rights in a similar spirit of inclusion. Now, I can't keep up with Beckett's status vis-a-vis -vis bans. Very hard. I assume he is still banned because he is a neo-lib. I mean, Zoe, if you want to call somebody out, Leave John alone. You need to set your sights on Beckett. Mm -hmm. This kid is basically a day <laughs> trader. So Beckett, 
you are unbanned. Congratulations. For this week. For this week. <laughs> we'll see what happens next. Yeah. yeah. Beckett is a polarizing it- figure. <laughs> Ironically, for a centrist, he's ex- the most polarizing public figure in the last 50 years. <laughs> Kelly Riggle says, ban my best friend JR and by association their cat Moog, or maybe Moog if the cat is named after the famous synthesizer company. Rye says, I'm reporting from Banland, and I would like to ban Austin Browntown. Mark Jenkins says, I'm Canadian. I'm being forced to do something I don't want to do. I want to ban Dr. Shoelace. Now, Mark, I love Canadians, and I love people who participate in the ban wars, but you really stepped in it, bro, ironically, because your subject is Dr. Shoelace. He is Professor Shoelace, okay? He's not a doctor of shoelaces. He's a professor of shoelaces. Professor Shoelace is a man in Australia who has the world's most comprehensive and exhaustive website about shoelaces and shoelace tying techniques. And back when I hosted my TV show Going Deep, we did an episode called How to Tie Your Shoes, and we blew our entire travel budget on flying this one man from Australia to New York so that he could teach me the best way to tie my shoes. Mark, I can't ban Professor Shoelace. Mark said, I want you to do it because there's no way to watch Going Deep's second season in Canada, and that's a crime that requires misplaced vengeance. I don't know what to say about this. I think my legacy as an entertainer is to make things that can never be seen (laughs) outside of like one area code. I'm sorry, Mark. The ban wars are very consistent with that, though. Going Deep cannot be seen. Our goal is to make it so election profit makers cannot be heard. I know. Going Deep is crushing. I mean, (laughs) going deep... <laughs> going deep has already achieved the status that we aspire to with election profit makers, which is like you can't see it anywhere, you can't hear it anywhere, you can't find it anywhere. It's wiped from the historical record. <laughs> Let's all just cover our eyes and pretend like it never happened. Jeremy Pan says, please ban my friend Hannah Rosen from listening because she could have been listening earlier. That's true. If you started late, you really should be ashamed of yourself. Alex V says, I ban my friend Ian B, who's currently living abroad. Do yourself a favor and stay out of American politics. Andrew L. was supposed to go to Disneyland, famous theme park, with my best friend Lawrence, but then the pandemic banned me from having fun there, so I would like to ban Lawrence from EPM. Caleb C., I was so lucky to dodge the wrath of Julian S., who banned Matt A. for playing the bass, so I would like to preemptively request a ban of Julian S. before he targets me and I lose the privilege of listening to election profit makers. Later that week, Julian S. writes in, My worst fears have been realized. I've tasted blood and can think of nothing else but satisfying my hunger for more bans. I'm going to go out doing what I love. I'm banning my good friend, Caleb. Caleb is the guy who just wrote in saying we have to ban Julian S. before he gets banned. But guess what? You're both banned. You banned each other. It's like a duel when they both guns go off at the same time and both bullets cross each other in the middle of the air and both people are victimized by the bullets of their foes. That's what just happened. Mm. And here's a similar situation. Andrew B. says, I'm banning my best friend, Jake Barry, from listening to election profit makers because I have a strong feeling that he's going to try to ban me and I want to fire the first shot. Nice try, Jake. I love you. Asheen Prendeville says, I would like to take this opportunity to ban Jesse James Herlitz from listening to the podcast. He vouched he would leave the USA if Trump was elected in 2016, and he did. He lives in Canada. Oh, my God. Hmm. He says, that's admirable, but war is war, and I think he should be banned. And he donated to the ACLU. And now we reach, uh, this is a very poignant one. Now we have people who have what we would call banners regret. This first tale is from a mother. Kim K. wrote in to say, I'm requesting a ban of Martin, my son, for the transgression of no longer living in North Carolina, where I could both see him all the time and we could use his vote to defeat Tom Tillis. The pain of this ban will be especially acute since it was he who recommended this podcast to me. And I was like, all right, mom, I'll ban your son. The next morning, she writes back with a second donation and she says, you know what? After sleeping on it, my son has suffered enough. Let's consider it less of a ban and more of a timeout. See, she had to drop that mom card right there Mm. and make it a timeout. Please unban my son, Martin, with this second contribution. So, I mean, this guy's going to need therapy for months. His mom bans him and then turns around the next morning, unbans him and says, that wasn't a ban, you're in timeout. Martin and Kim, I, I wish you a healing relationship. I hope you can reconcile this chaos, but I love the money you sent in. Now, Noah S., our old friend banned his friend Josh earlier. That was one of the first bans we got. Mm. And then he wrote in later and said, you know what? I feel really bad about this ban. I thought that by banning Josh, I could keep him from obsessing about the election. But now I realize there's no escaping that fate, no matter how many podcasts you're banned from. I see now that election profit makers is a small piece of calm in this maelstrom of Twitter doom scrolling, and I've deprived Josh of it. 
I would like to unban Josh, and this time I would like to thank him for being such an upbeat and supportive friend throughout these last six months of shelter in place. So I have donated, we'll say, a substantial amount of money to election protection, and I've used my company's matching funds to increase that. He doubled his donation, which should hopefully outweigh my initial ban money. Please unban Josh and give him back this small slice of joy in these dismal times. Josh, we stand here with open arms, welcome you back into the election profit makers family. We are so happy that Noah realized that he can't just request an unban. If he wants you unbanned, he has to put in more money than he did for the initial ban, right? Because now he has to dig you out of the hole. Josh, welcome back. Noah, thank you for your generous donations to these organizations. And now this is a biggie, and I have mixed feelings about it, You guys will remember that we ended the show last week with an extremely epic ban. William L. like really rearranged the universe by donating $666 to ban God from listening to election profit makers. And that was a very heavy moment that we all remember and that theologians will be will be discussing for centuries. And and then a lot of heavy things in the world followed that band. Oh, my God. You're right. Holy Toledo. You think that's what it was? Woo. Just saying, something is up. I always assumed that that ban would be uncontested and unchallenged, and that God would never again be able to listen to the greatest podcast, Election Profit Makers. No one would ever match this $666 donation. But it turns out there is a man in Florida who makes pizzas for a living, if you can imagine that. I mean, what will they come up with next in this cockamamie world? (laughs) And this fellow, whose name is Satchel... Something about William L. banning God really rubbed Satchel the wrong way. I think that was the topic of his 11-minute voice memo he sent me that I never listened to. But in any event, (laughs) Satchel, I mean, I have to say, Satchel, you stepped up, my friend. You took some of that chicken and waffle and pizza money. William L., the battle is joined. Satchel has donated not $666 to ban God but $777 to unban God. This is like that Pixie song. We're in the middle of that song about the monkey that goes to heaven. I love it. Satchel, you stepped up, my friend. It is all good between election profit makers and Satchel. When did that ban come in? The Satchel ban? Yeah. Uh, A couple days ago, I think. Which day? Um, Yeah, the timing on this is kind of important. It is. Uh, October 2nd. What day was that? That was... Friday. It came in Friday. It came in Friday morning. Mm-hmm. The day Trump Trump went to the hospital. Hmm. Oh, Satchel, bro, what are you scheming at, Satchel? You, <laughs> you madman, the king of Gainesville. Wow. Uh, yeah. <sighs> That's all the bands for now. I get really tired doing the bands. You need some oxygen. Oh yeah, oxygen. I would take so much oxygen right now. I bet my oxygen level has fallen. I would love to have some oxygen right now, but don't tell anybody because that will counteract the effect of the oxygen. If word <laughs> gets out that I'm in need of oxygen, I'll become so ap- apoplectic that my body will continue to shut down, and then I'll need ever increasing oxygen. God, Trump's relationship <laughs> to medicine must be so incredible. <laughs> must be so incredible. I'm not talking about his relationship to drugs. I'm talking about his relationship to medicine, right? Right. That's got yeah. that's got to be really intense. Like his relationship with exercise. Yeah, yeah, just about weakness and strength and and fear and all that stuff. On a positive note, we've raised more than $12,000 for voting rights orgs thanks to the ban wars. We were hoping for $3,000. we have obviously gone way past that. Now, of course, the goal is $15,000. Just someone... Step up and donate $3,000, okay? Let's cut to the chase. Some of you have to have $3,000 sitting around that you were going to donate anyway. Just donate it to the organization and tell us it's for a super duper ultra ban or like a nuclear ban or something. Like, let's just get done with this. These bands are wearing me the fuck out. I mean, the world is exhausting enough right now. I have this spreadsheet of all these bands and who's banning who. And the like, bands have left you immunocompromised. Oh, yeah. They're wearing me out. I'm worn out in real life for many reasons, obviously. Yeah. And the band wars... As much as I love them and as much as they invigorate me, and I'm so happy when I add up the money on this little envelope that I have on the kitchen table where I can see if we've reached a certain amount of money and then we reach it, I feel so happy. But it's also, it's exhausting overseeing this this carnage, the human carnage that I am responsible for in my darkest visions, in my most perverse fantasies of bloodlust and, and broken hearts, betrayed relationships. It takes its toll. Having said that, let's keep it going. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. John, do you want to talk about any bets? Do you guys have bets? 
Uh, we've got a vice presidential debate, too. That's not going to change anything, though. The, devi- the vice president debate is going to be sprinkles. Sprinkles? Yeah. Sprinkles on the Sunday that we already are dining out on. Do you think Trump is going to be back working in the White House by the end of the week? No. Really? I'm going to say yes. By Friday, I think he'll be back in the White House and they'll tweet another photo of him hard at work r- marking pieces of paper with his Sharpie like a boss. He definitely won't be back by Monday like they're claiming. Oh, by tomorrow? We're recording on Sunday. They're going to say he's going to be back in the White House by tomorrow. No, that's that won't happen. Yeah, no. My prediction for this week, it's not really unpredicted other than the market we've already discussed, is that the Cal Cunningham thing is... I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think it's already done. I think that was like a um, ephemeron, which is an insect that only lives for the briefest moment. And I think that story is done. If more texts come out and it actually does get salacious, then that'll be a bummer. But I kind of feel like this is it. I don't I can't see that text relationship escalating into anything perverted. <laughs> oh man, I would love to just give you a, the biggest kiss right now and I would kiss you back a hundred times. I think that's it. I think they're running on they're firing on all cylinders when they're saying that stuff. <laughs> so I think that story is done. I and I I certainly hope it's done, because I certainly do want Tom Tillis to suffer defeat at the hands of North Carolina's biggest pervert, super sexter Cal Cunningham. <laughs> I'll tell you, the only bet that I'm looking at right now is I think that the popular vote margin of victory, the Dems winning by 10 and a half points or more, I think that's going to spike as more and more polls come in with this non-response bias. And I believe that there may be an opportunity to short that, to buy no there, because I think that it's going to come back to earth at some point. Mm. I'm not recommending that for anyone else, but that is what I am going to do this week. I am going to buy no shares when that thing spikes up into the mid-20s or high-20s because I think it's going to come back down into the teens at some point. I hope I'm wrong, actually, because I would love for the polls to keep coming in. But this is one where I'm sort of hedging and I can't really lose either way. Is there in general bets to buy before Trump gets home, assuming he recovers. I can't make any recommendations right now. All bets are off in a sense. Right now, we're in uncharted territory. This does feel unusual, the whole situation. Election Medical Center is a Radio Point production with executive producers Dr. Alex Bach, Dr. Rich Corson, and Dr. Daniel Powell. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. John, do you want to hit us with some bit.ly links for our merchandise, our t-shirts, and our totes? Yeah, you can go to bit.ly, Helicopter Tony, bit.ly, EPM, cool. Well, don't you have to have a slash in there? Yeah. Playing it fast and loose with the bit.ly links. Bit.ly slash EPM, cool. Bit.ly slash EPM, fashion. Bit.ly slash EPM, style incredible bit.ly link bit.ly slash epm style any any of those will get you there please rate and review us on apple podcasts or stitcher or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can leave us a nice review you can even tell people about the ban wars and please continue to send your money to voting rights organizations you send the receipts to contact at electionprofitmakers.com i'm not sure we can ban abstract concepts and principles we're gonna try But for now, our focus is banning actual listeners to the podcast. Which is why God counts. Yeah, I guess God. I guess we went kind of as big as we can go when William L. banned God herself from listening to the podcast. I'm uh, Dr. David Reese, a medical specialist, and I'm saying goodbye to my two associates here at the podium, Dr. Starley Quinn. Goodbye, Dr. Starley. Bye. And also to Dr. Long John Silver. Goodbye, Dr. Long John. Bye. Eat your apples.